Okay, what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of Dread and Drafts, the podcast where we discuss all things fear while we drink and review all things beer. I am John, and with me, as always, are my co-hostesses with the co-mostesses, Jen. Hello. And Annie. Hello. Vacate that ship. Hop on board to safety as we delve through the gateway and on to our review of Event Horizon. Um, the pause was not for a dramatic effect, but it was because was... <laughs> y'all were like, "He's gonna fucking say Deep Impact," because that's what he thought we were doing at the end of the last episode. But I remembered. I watched the correct movie. <laughs> All right. So uh, first up, as we uh, do at the start of every single episode, who is drinking what? Alrighty, uh, I am drinking uh, one of the Oktoberfests out and about right now uh, from Arche Brewing, which is a local uh, brewery near us uh, from Ohio, Akron, Ohio. Uh, and it is a Marzen, and it is delightful. Uh, really malty, really lovely, and I can't get enough of Oktoberfest. My favorite beer time of year, so. I am drinking a uh, Hearts Are Starships from Rusty Rail Brewing. This was uh, brought to me by Jen and John. It's a brewing company out of Mifflinburg, PA. Um, I believe we had another one in another episode, but they're really tasty. I am uh, really enjoying the, the variety that we've had so far from them. Yeah, Rusty Rail is always uh, outstanding. Every single one of their beers that we've ever tried have been amazing. Yeah, we have not tried a bad one yet. And then as for myself, straight from Canada, we are delving into uh, Flying Monkey Craft Brewing with a little bit of their Sparkle Puff (laughs) Galaxy Starfighter, Defender of the Universe. It is this amazing beer that is, let's say, chunky to say the least. (laughs) Uh, It is an unfiltered. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, It's, I don't know, I just... this is probably one of the very first uh, unfiltered beers I've ever had. And you look at it and you're like, it doesn't look very pleasant in a glass. Maybe that's why some people prefer to drink it from cans and stuff. But the taste is outstanding. And it's not like, you know, like pulpy orange juice when you're worried about getting that. No. It, it really does just, it's still pretty smooth going in and tastes, it's just amazing. So Yeah, looking at it originally, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, hmm, I feel like I'm drinking a lava lamp. Uh, just looking at it, but no, it's it's a pretty tasty. We've had a couple like that pretty recently. Yeah, the puff dart one that we had. Oh, that was really good too. Yeah. That one was fucking cloudy though. Oh, it was. That was like literally like someone liquefied a pie. But, I mean. That's what it was supposed to be though. It was delicious. It was amazing. But aesthetically pleasing it was not. No. <laughs> All right, so then. To hop into a little fun thing I like to do. Um, nice little question for y'all to ponder. Oh shit, I'm pondering. So this whole movie is about going into, you know, like a black hole and they're gone. So they went somewhere else. If you were able to safely go through a black hole, where would you want to come out on the other side? So not saying like, where are you going to come out like they did in seven years? In between, what other, like, dimension, uh, so would you want to go to? Like, off the wall, like, anything you want. You can, like, a different time, a different space, whatever you want. What sounds 
the most fantastic place. I mean, maybe this one sounds fantastic. Maybe a living nightmare hellscape is your dream vacation. For Wow. It could be. I mean, sure, but... I mean, I'm into a little S&M every now and again. So but, was Clive Barker. So not that much. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that's more a little Army Hammer variety of... Dare I even ask what no, Army Hammer? No, He's no. Okay. That's an actor. I don't think... He, I... he played the Lone Ranger. It was not a great Disney movie, and Johnny Depp oh, played... That, okay. uh, just a questionable movie all over the place but thank you and anyway uh he uh uh, anyway moving on from that (laughs) okay fair enough so then where are you going Anne? oh uh it's my turn i uh and honestly like let's say you can just very simply let's say it doesn't have to be like a different uh dimension let's say you could uh like time travel but with the time travel like time travel events do go, you can't fuck with history. But you can, like, go and experience a certain time and place. Is there a place or time that you would want to go? I don't know. I, I And again, I you know, I don't know if this has come up before, but I feel like we've talked about this before. I'm uncomfortable with time travel. I, I feel like I don't understand what happens or where people go or where they end up. Okay, let's just say current time. Uh, just pauses. So nothing uh-huh. happens in current time. Okay. This is all hypothetical. Time travel isn't real. So we're just going to make it a little simpler for you. Sure. Uh, so you are safely traveling back. Safely. If you are going back in time. That's what you're doing. Safety so like, first. You don't have to worry about like, oh, I'm going to go visit uh, medieval Europe. <laughs> Hi, Black Plague. You don't have to worry about that. Like, Perfect. let's say you are perfectly, like, you are safe from all of that. You are just like, almost like, you can interact with people, but any actual things going on you're like a viewer on another side of a mirror okay i still don't have a great answer Uh, there's no like time period that you're like absolutely just like astounded with that you're like man that'd have been fun just to go see this certain event happen or just to to be in that time even for a short time or if you don't want that how about you step through you step through and you're in a different place you don't have to travel via car or plane and you're just there. I would like to go somewhere where I could fly. Like Superman fly? Or like on a plane, because that's ha- that you oh, can do that now. No, John, no. I was going to say, we just, we, just, we just did that. We just did that a few months ago. We got <laughs> on a plane a few times. No, so. like, like uh, you know, if, if Superman comes here <laughs> and our, uh, our, our son enables him to fly. Okay, so uh, you want to actually have the power of flight. I want to go somewhere and have that power of flight now i don't need any of his other additional powers like i don't need mm-hmm. to x-ray vision you just want to be able to fly right i think that's you don't want to see how big everybody's junk is like, nope nope <laughs> nope and really i don't understand how his vision can see through clothing but n- how it differentiates between skin like i think you would be able to x-ray people but it's kind of bs a little bit a little yeah bit. so Flying. The science. Okay, so you just want to be able to fly. <laughs> yeah. Safely fly. So that Safely is fly. so you want to go to some sort of universe where you specifically can just fly. Yeah. You want to fly like an eagle. No, she wants to fly like an Annie. So <laughs> that being said, would it be like literally like a replica of this of this world and then you are just able to fly? Yeah, this okay. world this world is pretty. so like Earth two where you can fly 
Everybody else can fly too. But I'm just saying, like, you can fly, but everything else is the same. So, like, if you're like, I want to go fly to New York City or London or wherever the hell you want to go, it's still there. It's still a thing. Yeah, I think that would be acceptable. Okay. Jen? Uh, Fuck. Let's see. I mean, there are a lot of different things that I think I would like to see without the concern of certain things. Like... Like, Victorian England, I feel like, would be kind of a cool period to go see. Uh, Or, I mean, shit, for that matter, go back and, like, see the dinosaurs. (laughs) But not get eaten by one. Um, That would be kind of cool. If I could pick one in particular, though... Oh. What's the problem with these these questions on the fly? That's the best part. It makes you think. And then I also, while Jen is thinking, I like to... You know, I also, to the listeners... Um, I, you know, comment in your review, say what you, you know, what you would want to do or go to, uh, our Facebook page or our Instagram page and, you know, comment on what you would do in this situation or where you would go. And like I said, this is a, you can't alter history. You can't do anything like that. Um, you can interact with people like talking to them, but you can't go and like, sway someone's mind and try to change their mind to do something different. You're not unable to change history. You are just a viewer. Okay, Jen, did I give you enough time? No. (laughs) What about somewhere where you could breathe underwater? Oh, that would be cool. What the fuck are we in the DC universe? It's just the DC universe. Say I want to go to the DC universe. I want to fly. I want to be Aquaman. There you go. Done. You guys both want to go and make the DC universe a real thing and be able to fly like Superman and swim underwater and breathe like Aquaman. Do you also want to talk to fish? Boop, 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 boop. There you go. You're talking the fish now. To be fair. To be fair. Well, if we're being fair. <laughs> <laughs> Annie was the one that said that. I just said it would be kind of cool. So Annie wants to go live in the DC universe. That's her. I don't, though. The thing is, I really You're more of a Marvel fan, too. I'm more of a Marvel fan anyway. And yet she wants to go to the DC universe. I just want those powers. But you know what? There are uh, equivalencies in Marvel, so. Yeah, so you want, fair. You want there to be real-life superpowers. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Jen, do you have enough time now? Debatable. Uh, But another thing that I think would be kind of cool, if you could actually maybe either go into the future, the past, whatnot, and speak to different life forms in the universe. So, you know, say there's aliens out there or whatever, different life forms. I'm a believer that, hey, we're one planet in this whole big universe. We can't be the only ones living on it. So being able to go to a point in time where we have the ability to speak to them, learn different things from them, and kind of see that different progression in our timeline, I think that would be kind of cool. That point in time is now. It has been. They're called cryptids, and they are out there. Well, yeah, but we're not speaking to them. We're not learning to find yeah, them. Yeah, it's very easy to speak to one of them. You go to Loch Ness with $3.50, <clears throat> and the Loch Ness monster will come out and talk to you. <laughs> what? Try to sell you uh, some Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. And say, I need about three fifty. I need about a three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I gave me dollars. <laughs> It's a South Park thing, and wow. it's from South Park. Okay. All right, so then there's Jen's thing. She wants to be able to talk to aliens and stuff, so she wants to find a point where humans are conversing with aliens, and it is a normal thing. Sure. <clears throat> All right. And then as for myself, Jen had already said kind of one of them, 
and that would be Victorian era uh, England. I would love to go visit that. However, I think a really, really fun time would be able to go back and see like ancient Greece and like just being part of like maybe like the Battle of Thermopylae or like, you know, like the hot gates, like Leonides and the, the Spartans. Like, how cool would that be? How cool would that be? Uh-uh. That would be. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. Why? You'd be hot. There's no toilet paper. There's no bug spray. I like modern conveniences, buddy. But you're not affected by that stuff. So bring it in a backpack with you. I'm skeptical. Like it's gonna be very dirty and bloody, and people are going to be dying. Like at uh-huh. these battles. But that's that. That it's a battle. I mean, it's a battle. You don't have to go back and see the battle. You can go back and see like all the stuff like fresh out the box man all the amazing statues and stuff that are like no longer there that time just fucked up or war fucked up that would be kind of amazing yeah that's what i'm saying yeah i think we'd be really surprised because some of those like the the white marble that we associate with this like classical yeah art they were painted really mm-hmm. funny colors and i think like i don't know would i be disappointed by that because my idea of that is so different from what it was were they painted funny colors some of them were painted Okay, I, I believe you on this. I feel like you would know that. So, um, no, I don't. I don't know if it was all white marble statues, but a number of yeah. them were found with traces of paint on them. And I'm just saying, like, go back to like any ancient civilization, like, and like, even if you were like had the ability ability to like, as a viewer, like, you can literally be there and like fast forward time. So, like, imagine like being there and watching the pyramids being constructed over the years. Like, how fucking cool would that be? Go to freaking Giza and see that happen. And you're still, that, the look on your face is still very skeptical. Very like, skeptical. You're like, I'm not going back to any ancient time period. No. Like, I, I like air conditioning. Uh, that sounds miserable and hot. <laughs> what if you were in like a bubble pod that had a bathroom with toilet paper and air conditioning and all the food you needed? Like, what if, what if that wasn't the problem? Even so, even so, I think my issue with going back to see it live would be, you know, we have the cushion of time to kind of remove us from the immediacy and the blood, sweat, and tears of whatever was happening at that time frame. And so I think just putting myself back there as an observer of that, the immediacy of it would be overwhelming, you know, because who built the pyramids? I I mean, I feel like it wasn't people who were happy with their jobs, uh, or, or were treated well and with fairness and, and it respect. Depend, of... it, it really, it depends on who you ask. Right. Um, and... Back then, you also have to remember, if you're looking at it from the Egyptian standpoint, it was Egyptians who built the pyramids, and it was kind of like, sure, there may have been like, you know, like slaves and people who were paid piss-poor wages, but at the same time, it might have also been like a, like a really great acceptance for people, too. Like, I am building the tomb of my pharaoh. So, you, I mean, you, you, that's a problem, though, is we don't know. Right. And I think that'd be cool. I mean, everyone has their own reasoning. This is why I would love to go back and see, you know, ancient history. Whereas you're like, I'm going to go to the DC fucking universe because now I can fly and not worry about it. <laughs> and, and I get that, though. Like, I love history. So this is that would be my thing. Like, And as for, like, the bloodshed and stuff. I would stand there in the middle of the battle. If I'm not affected by it, I would just get splattered. I'd be like, this is fun. Like, it'd be at SeaWorld, but with blood. Like, it'd be kind of cool. Like, like a freaking Gallagher show. Like. Yes, without the watermelon <laughs> and more blood. So, I'm, listen, 
to each their own, I just think it would be amazing. And what a follow-up after American Psycho for me to be like, just, just cover me in the blood. It'd be fun. Just, oh, boy. Wee. <laughs> All right. So that's my choice. I guess really then the line in this movie really does, you know, if you don't want to go traveling with John, th- you know, through time, then I guess the Latin line from Event Horizon really does play to your guys' favor. favor. Liberate Tutame ex inferis. Save yourself from hell. Don't go time traveling with John. <laughs> and so now we start off and it is 2040. Event Horizon has disappeared past Neptune. And what did they say the Neptune was in 2040? The eighth planet. Yes. Which means by 2040, Pluto has officially been reinstated as a planet in this universe. Or they have another planet or a... You can't just add... What? What? (laughs) Or they have another planet. They're like, skipping over Pluto, (laughs) new planet. Well, yeah, and, and and that's you know really based on the limits of our our you know vision of space. Well, that's at this that, point. that's fair, but there are planets past Pluto. But isn't that out of the Milky Way though? Isn't it the next? Not the Milky Way, but no. If they're rotating or if they're orbiting, I'm sorry, not rotating. If is they're the, orbiting it, our sun, it would still be. Is the next planet after Pluto orbiting our sun? Yeah. Is it? I don't. I don't think the because the degradation mm-hmm. of gravity out that far. I think it's an exoplanet, so it's got a very weird orbit. But. Okay, so it does, but it just it's all fuckered up. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then so then we do a seven year time jump, and then it's twenty forty seven current, and then space junk. Space junk. And it's just it's the space station that uh, that um, Doctor Grant is on. Well, no, the, he's having a dream about the event horizon, and he's having uh, a dream about, like, just stuff floating in midair or whatnot. Um, and, and so, floating in midair, this stuff does, and does this stuff look so realistic I'm pretty, in this dream? I'm pretty sure. So I had seen this movie before. I showed John. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the point where John was like, oh, what the fuck am I watching? This is horrible CG. And he he pretty much wanted to write it off at that point I in time. I didn't, though. You didn't, no. I, I, I've seen plenty of piss-poor movies with even worse CGI. I mean, the George Lucas remastered of A New Hope comes to mind. That alone is probably the worst CGI in history. Well, yeah. He fuckered that up. But yeah, I really definitely. don't think you can hold the CGI against the movie. Like, the idea is cool. Um, it's got a lot of accoutrements that are very, very neat. A lot of, a lot of what? What about croutons? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cool things about this movie. A lot of thought went into it. And just because the budget wasn't there and the time wasn't there for Anderson to really perfect what he was trying to do with it. I will I will give it because it was, what, 97? 97, 97 I yes. will. I, listen, the shitty CGI aside... Just in that beginning part. I'll, I'll give the movie a 6.5. Wow. But for me, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't just the CGI, but it, it was just the story and everything. I, it just didn't grab me and bring me into it. But to each their own with movies. That's the best part about doing Absolutely. this podcast is everyone has their own preference on it. And I think, you know, as someone who has watched 
a lot of space movies yes. and shows. Yeah, and yeah, you, Star Trek. Yeah, Star I Trek. Al- you know what? I almost said Risa for uh, my place to go through a wormhole, but then I knew you weren't going to know what that. I would have stared at you, yeah, because I, I listen. I uh, there's a handful of Star Trek references that uh, I get, like red shirts. The red, yeah, red shirts. They always die. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the trouble with tribbles. I know you know tribbles. I mean, oh sure, sure. But I mean, like that's literally tribbles is just like space hamsters. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, or like gremlins in space. Oh yeah, but they just yeah. keep multiplying. But yeah, but they were like the they were like the it, it, for Star Wars they had the Ewoks. Star Trek had the tribbles. So when I was little, I'm going to tell this really stupid story. Um, when I was little, uh, we would watch Star Wars on the weekends. So, like, I would get out of swim practice, and we would go home, and we'd, our hair would be drying, and um, Mom would make us lunch, and we would put in one of the Star Wars movies. It didn't really matter which one. There were only three when I was little, so, you know. Well, yeah, they're the, the only ones you really need your entire life. Right. So we would put one in, and... At the beginning, it says, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. I was, like, pretty sure it was a historical documentary of what I was watching. So, like, (laughs) for a little while in my life, I thought that Star Wars was real. Oh, my God. Please tell me that you were, like, under the age of seven. I was eight-ish, probably. No, not eight. We'll say six or seven. Okay. okay. That makes sense. I can see that. I can and, see that. And really, She's like, I, I was actually 17. I was but... <laughs> No, no, but, like, you have to understand, like, you know, most of what we watched on TV was documentaries. And you go to a church believing that signs and miracles and these miraculous things are real. So you watch something that your parents are letting you watch. And it kind of jives with a lot of other uh, things that you've watched, either documentaries or biblical movies, of which there are many. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, Star Wars is really just religion versus well, it's, good versus it's evil. It's good versus evil. It's literally a relig- religious movie in its own sense. The You know, the force, that, that's, that itself mm-hmm. is, the, is the religion. I mean... And so... For a while, I thought that was real. So space and space travel was very near and dear to my heart for way longer than it should have been. Well, it still can be. I mean, and just the hope that, you know, maybe one day that will be feasible. Not in our lifetime. No, no, no. But we don't know. It could be. I mean, shit, we don't even have floating skateboards like in Back to the Future. What a fucking letdown 2015 was. 2015, yes. 2015 was such a letdown because Back to the Future just Back to the Future 2 just ruined 2015 for me. 2015 hit and like the literally the only good thing of 2015 was that was the year Flynn was born you know which was probably one of the best days of my entire life but I still didn't have a hoverboard. Disappointment. Mingled with joy. There was more joy near the end of 2015 but Yeah. yeah that that whole like wow because like you're in October of 2015 that's when he went back to the future and you know where they didn't need roads and no hoverboards no 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 flying cars at some point in the in the beginning of 2015 were you thinking like this is the year oh fuck no dude (laughs) fuck no there was nothing there was nothing even remotely close to anything that was going on in back to the future 2 in their future 2015 that ever that even led me to going this is going to happen. It's going to... Fuck no. 
They have like a hydroponic garden in their kitchen, which I really enjoyed. And I thought, I could do that. You could do that, but you don't have like billboards of like 3D jaws like no. coming out at you and shit like that. Like Disappointing. You know what's also disappointing? They don't have like in, in the movie how they had like the throwback 80s cafe. Yeah. Where, where the fuck is that? What? Where is this in real life? Oh, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> in Ohio, where is this? Oh, gosh, no. Well, I mean, we had the 80s bar. The pop-up bar. Yeah, it was pop-up. a pop-up bar for a very short time. And it was delightful, but... It was probably their best one. Yeah. But still. I feel like, yeah, when we have a bar, mm-hmm. we'll have 80s days, weekends. So 80s forever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where were so we? then, amidst the uh, floating junk inside the space station, then uh, we see the shaved naked Dr. Grant. I disagree. You don't agree because you do not think that it is actually. So I will. So listeners, I will say Dr. Grant the entire time. It's actually Dr. Weir, uh, but Dr. Grant because. That was his name in Jurassic Park, and that will forever be his name. I don't even know his real name. Oh, it's Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Dr. Grant, like I said, Dr. <laughs> Alan Grant. Well, that, And that caveat is why he was chosen, because, you know, he was this hero to the world. This is shortly after Jurassic Park came out. And then they decided to make That him was a-, a very deliberate choice. Oh, yes. To take, you know, a beloved character that we know and trust and turn him into this demonic evil man as you will see in the future no i think it's just a dude that was on the ship so one of the original crew you one of the original crew For, okay so seven years ago original crew which we absolutely see later on when do they you first... think it was the 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 captain possibly who like the the guy who was speaking latin maybe okay possibly that i thought it was i honestly thought it was sam neill i thought it was i thought it was too because then like later in the movie you see that exact same form of him yeah um but anyway so then he screams and then let's let's put a little pauser there because there are so many little things in this movie that like as i was watching it that kind of gave me a little a little a little excited moviness with the epic amazingness that it is just all Clive Barkery up in this movie. Uh, you have so many things going on. Um, the wife at one point appearing to him, uh, to Dr. Grant and saying, you know, we have such wonderful things to show you. Um, and that's, I mean, it's damn near word for word taken from uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. We have such wonderful sights to show you. I mean... Uh, and it's I was it's like damn near verbatim. And then at one point, uh, DJ, right? I'm not reversing those letters. The uh, the character DJ. Yeah, DJ. He, he's literally just like a fucking fillet over the table. Yeah, vivisected. So. Yeah, he's filleted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the 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 core room itself, where you know the the gateway is, the entire you know core engine room itself. Just like the spiked walls and everything. The whole thing was just so Clive Barker-esque. So then I had to like Google it. Like, did he okay this? Did he know anything about it? And then I actually found a little fun fact that Hellraiser had such a huge influence that Clive Barker uh, actually consulted on this project during pre-production. So that's why you have a lot of that Clive Barker Hellraiser stuff going on because he had 
kind of a hand in it. Which I find amazing because, like, a lot of people put this movie down and originally put this movie down because it pulls from a lot of different movie sources. Um, and, and it kind of, I don't want to say is like a reboot of multiple different things placed into one, but people kind of, I guess, accused it of ripping off certain things. But I find it amazing that he, you know, Clive Barker actually consulted on this. And you see friggin' DJ hung up on hooks and, you know, guts out and everything, whatnot. And it's like, yep, yep, that definitely reminds me of Hellraiser. So it's just a little fun fact that, you know, if anybody's watching this and they're like, oh, man... Clive Barker, well, he wasn't the director or anything like that, man. I wonder if he was upset about this. Uh, was not. He was actually had a little had a little finger in this. So, so uh, then continuing on, Doctor Grant, you know, wakes up from his. You know, I really, I'm getting confused because but it's Doctor, say... it's Doctor Weir. Yeah, Doctor Grant. That's what I said. And the cool thing is, like in the 1500s, Weir was actually a Dutch physician. He was an occultist and a demonologist, and that's why Anderson picked that name. Oh, that's why he went with that. Yeah, for this particular character. So what's really funny, if you translate Weir, it comes up in English as Grant. So wow, there you go. Weir, weird. It doesn't at all, Jen. The look on your face. It doesn't at all. Like, you're so full of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. I'm just... He's Dr. Grant. But it's Dr. Weir. I will attempt to say Weir. I'm sorry. It's just, he's, he's, he's fucking Dr. Grant. I almost want to watch the movie that John has in his head. Deep Impact with Dr. Grant. And there's probably dinosaurs <laughs> Clive and Hellraiser. Barker did and... most of it. <laughs> Sounds sexy. What? <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> All right, so then we're on this, like, what, top secret mission? Yeah, uh, the Lewis Clark, which is a search and rescue vehicle, and you kind of see the crew, basically, they're taking on... I don't agree with the name of the ship, though. The Lewis and Clark. As a search and rescue? Like, Lewis and Clark as an exploration ship, but not as a search and rescue ship. Yeah, I don't really have a comment on that. Yeah, I, I like I don't know. That doesn't yeah, make a right. lot of sense, but you know, I think you know, you just want to name things after famous people. And... Sure, sure. And they were like, "Hey, you know, it, they were explorers were exploring space." And I get it, but but you can kind of see that like this crew is pissed off. They were supposed to go home. They were supposed to be done. They were supposed to go see their family. Um, Wasn't it like Christmas leave or something like that? Something, yeah. But, I mean, it was... You could see they're pissed off. They don't want to be doing this, but they're kind of forced into it. Despite, you know, how into it Dr. Weir is and, you know, excited and trying to tell them about it. he's, He's the only one that's not upset about this. Like, he has got such a chubby for being able to go and now that he found out that Event Horizon is just popped back on the map. He would be, though. Like, he helped design this gravity drive. And, like, that's his baby. That's the reason he spent so much time away from his wife. That's the reason he was on the space station was just to figure this out, to, to build this ship. And then, like, it disappears. And it's like all of his work, gone. All of his theories, gone. And then it comes back. Like, that's the most amazing day of someone's life. Well, and you find out, honestly, later he has some kind of ulterior motives, too, for wanting to go back to it. I was I was, I was, was so bummed out when, you know, like, for a portion of this movie, I was like, oh, he wants, he, he wants to go see if his wife is still there. That is 100% what I thought when I first watched the movie, is like, he's missing his wife because she was on this Event Horizon, 
and uh, it's gone now, and so is she. And I was like, man, that's right. But like, it's it, it's not clear. It's not clear at all. Like, there's some hints to it. Like, he's he's shaving with a straight razor in space, which I thought was weird. Um, yeah, there was some sad noises from a dog in the background. It's a space dog. It's, it's, it's a fine. space dog. It's fine. Um, and then you kind of see, like, the faucet dripping, like, almost like a bathtub or whatnot. Yeah, he glances over to the bathtub, yeah. and it's it's yeah. dripping. And you're like, well, that's weird. Like, let me know. think about that. But it doesn't explicitly say anything, so you're kind of left wondering what happened to her. And At least I was, but, again, I wasn't maybe the most savvy person the first time I watched this movie. So I well, wasn't... I've, I've only seen it once, and so apparently I am also not the most savvy person because didn't did not even see this happening at all mm-hmm. like i literally was like he wants to go see if there's any trace of his wife that's what he you know i mean but fuck literally the the nightmare he has when he boards the lewis and clark and they go night night in the back to tank for however long they like literally that's who the focus is is his wife yeah, yeah she's got the red eyes and she says i'm waiting i'm so well she says i'm so alone and then you know then she her eyes are not they're not red they're gone yeah, they're, they're just gone. gone they're okay. missing eyeballs and then she's like then she says i'm waiting and yeah. then he wakes up throwing up back to tank water find out that the the captain uh Lawrence Fishburne uh Miller is very serious very you know not not taking things lightly and you meet Cooper, one of my favorite from the crew, talking to Stark, talking about getting coffee and whatnot. Oh, you want something hot and black in you? I laughed my ass off. I, I thought did that too. Was, that was great. He's probably my favorite character of the whole thing. He's like the comic relief of he, the whole he, ship. He is, for sure. And for he's sure. also the one that experiences the least <laughs> amount of bullshit later on well and and that's not necessarily the movie's choice uh, originally they had actually had a shit ton of extra footage for this where you pretty much got to experience everybody's fears throughout this ship and everybody experienced something within the ship uh but they cut a lot of it uh because paramount was like "Ooh, this is too risque this is too much uh i don't know if people are gonna like this and and so they cut a shit ton. And when I say a shit ton, I mean like 40 minutes worth. Uh, this was originally supposed to be like a 130 minute film or something like that. And it's it like cut, 90 cut it down now, to yeah. 95. Yeah. Uh, so they cut a lot of film. It was supposed to be a lot darker, a lot more gore, a lot more scenes. Um, and I think, you know, originally we were supposed to see his fears, whatnot, but... But you never can because cut. that stuff is gone. Ended up on the cutting room floor to never see the light of day. Well, and the shame is, so, the Paramount realized their fuck-up. After this movie, it didn't do well in theaters, but afterwards, like, it did really well in, you know, people renting it, people buying it, whatnot. They realized, oh, crap, yeah, this is pretty good. Maybe we can add in the extra footage, whatnot. And then they realized that all this extra footage was not stored properly. They just didn't give a shit. They're like, oh, we'll put it in one of our our C rooms or whatnot. We really don't give a shit. And so most of it was destroyed. It and was actually stored in a salt mine in Transylvania. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like well, yeah, just, just like you store meat, you you know you, yeah. you in salt. So they're like, let's store the movie film. Let's in store salt. there. But yeah, there's theoretically a, a VHS with some material maybe not all of the cut material but material that was shown 
to Paramount executives at some point, like before it got released, floating around somewhere, but no one has ever really watched it. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's lost forever now. It's it's really unclear. There's a lot happening under the table. Lots of dogs. Apologize about that. If you have dogs, you understand. Um, trying to make a podcast, guys. Um, yeah. But, no, they... I honestly, I feel like it would have been such an amazing movie to see all that lost footage... That is one thing I think would have definitely made it a lot better. I think John might have liked it more. Um, I still liked it. I still thought it was a good movie, John. I would have. I I I think like had they had a little bit more to the uh like the the communication log that they found. Oh yeah. When all that crazy shit was going down. For sure. If that even just if that was in there, I'd have been like. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's get dark and fucked up. I would have been like all about it, man. But like, I think you have to look. Paramount thought they were signing up for a slightly darker Star Trek. Yes. They were putting out all those Star Trek movies, um, you know, and that that's kind of their legacy. Like, those are great. Mo- well, except a couple of them. But like, yeah, they're great movies. Um, and they're classics and everyone knows them for that. And they were they were banking on this other you know, giant hole that you pour money into at the time, Titanic, with, you know, all the money they spent on that, James Cameron's Titanic. And so they had to wait for that to come out. And so they really wanted to push this movie out. So I think Anderson was rushed, overspent on a couple items in this movie that didn't need to be. Like that whole opening scene where you get 45 seconds of the the space space station. station. Yes that um, Dr. Weir is on when you first see him. Like, it doesn't appear in the rest of the movie. It's not a salient plot point. He's just on it, and yes. then they spin out. That was like... It was a third of the budget. Yeah. And it took ten fucking months to film that. And it's like, oh, dudes, like, you, you could have had so much more, and you wasted all your money on a 45-second space station rotating. A really cool 45 seconds, but... <laughs> <laughs> But just 45 seconds. Ladies, you know that's not a lot of time. No. Uh, Anyways, so they're talking about this transmission from the event horizon and going over it with the crew. Weir's kind of updating them on the ship, the faster than light travel, and basically being a top secret government mission. And explaining that it creates an interdimensional gateway via a gravity drive. And they kind of do this transmission which you really can't hear much of but dj was like oh wait a second rewind that i feel like i heard something liberate me which basically means save me uh or something along those save, lines. yeah it was save me yeah and so that was kind of like their first initial thing is like oh this this transmission is somebody hoping that they get saved Except I don't buy that, because the only thing you hear as a viewer is straight up screaming. Like <laughs> The entire background is just it's fucking... It's screaming, and yes. he's like, I'm going to pick out some Latin in there. Like, yep. who immediately jumps to Latin? Nobody. Because, first of all, it's a dead language and no one speaks it. And in 2047, nobody is speaking it. Like, it's... Well, DJ does. Doctors do. Yeah, but how would he know, like... That's the first thing. And, and, and those aren't words that you use in doctoring. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I'm well, trying to make excuses. Mm-hmm. Like maybe anything. maybe he just had an interest as a, as a side interest in it. No. In studying a you, dead language. No, you don't have a side interest in Latin. <coughs> no one has a side interest in Latin. I guarantee that there are people out there 
that can speak Latin fluently because they were like, I want to learn Latin. They can they can learn Latin and they can say words that they think that's how they're pronounced, but no one has natively spoken Latin in thousands of years. But it's still offered as a language to learn. I know, and I failed it twice. So that's why you are very salty about Latin is yeah. because you weren't good at it. No, Sal- it was like those salt mines. Yep. Salty like the No, it was a good class. I enjoyed my professor. I just didn't retain anything. I just can't conjugate, man. Okay, so don't blame DJ and his love of no, Latin but you... for your hate of Latin. Uh, no, you have to have a passion for it. You can't just dabble. Well, obviously he had a passion for it because he knew it. And maybe that's why he was able to pick it out. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of time on a spaceship. Where I am just... trying to give this movie thumbs ups and you're shitting all over it. Just that part. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am trying to help your cause because you love this movie. I do. And I'm trying to help your cause. And you're like, but no, they wouldn't be able to do this. I'm like, but he could because there are people today in this world that do know how to speak Latin. They understand it. They speak it. They can read it because they've studied it. They enjoyed it. Anyways, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> to more beer. Yes, more beer. Ooh, what are you drinking? Now I'm drinking Saucy. Um, I can teach blue, but I'd have to try. No, it's just I can teach blue. But it's a blueberry milkshake IPA, so Ooh. hopefully you get the joke. It's um, not even as cloudy as John's. But it's uh, got a nice vanilla note to it. It's really one of the only blueberry beers that I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Most blueberry beers taste like fake blueberry, and that's usually the reason I don't like them. So. This is kind of a, uh, I don't know, again, like a... Like a pie. More, like More like a pie, more like a pastry. Um, ale brewed with milk sugar, so it's got that creaminess to it. Vanilla beans, Meyer lemon puree, plum puree. And obviously the the flavor of blueberries in there. So uh, I enjoy this one of the blueberry beers I've had. Nice. So after this, they kind of end up getting to the event horizon. And this scene just kind of throws me because they're they're going through this storm. And they have the radar up. And they're like, oh, it's coming up. Oh, a thousand feet. I don't fucking see it. Well, yeah, there's storm clouds and shit. Oh, it's coming up. Oh, you know, 500 feet. Uh, don't see it. And they're freaking out. Like, you know it's coming up. Just slow down. No, they're coming in super hot. And this is another point in the movie where I will, in fact, shit upon it. But, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, John. You also had issues with this part, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, fucking step on the brakes, bud. Like, thrusters backward. And then they do. Once the cloud clears and they're about to hit fucking event horizon... Yeah, if your radar is like, yo, you're you're like right up on it. You should. It doesn't matter if you the fucking clouds are there or not. Like, <clears throat> you should have already been thrusters backwards, making sure you don't hit it. That's what all your expensive space equipment is for. And then they're like, oh fuck, had that cloud not cleared and they didn't see it, that fucker would have hit it. Mm-hmm. Way to fucking go, Alfred. You dipshit. You smash right into it. Like you, you trust your instrumentation and the autopilot to get you fifty days while you're all having a back yeah. to tank nap. Yes. And then I love how you're calling it a back to tank. Now, now I am. It's a gravity couch, but <laughs> I had forgotten. Star that Wars end. wins. <sighs> Sigh. Um, 
But yeah, you trust your instrumentation to get you all the way out there yes. to Neptune and not run into the planet and not run into anything else that's floating around out there. But like, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this very specific maneuver to close in on this thing. And you're like, ah, oh, 500 feet. <laughs> right? Oh. And then cloud clears. Oh, we're about to hit it backward. Like, what? You should have been backwards thrustering fucking earlier. They just creep on it, up on it. Even if you don't have like, you know exactly the shape of the thing exactly. that you're, thr- which you really should because you, you have the guy that yes. built the, the thing. The fucking yes, and you have the fucking systems telling you, hey, like it's there. Like you should probably have stopped fifteen fucking minutes ago. And I cannot remember the. <laughs> what life was like without a squeaky dragon? I can't either. I can't remember the pilot's name, but obviously we're just calling him Alfred because he plays Alfred in Gotham. Uh, Smith. So. Smith, yes. So uh, he ends up playing uh, Alfred in Gotham, if you have not watched that. So hence Alfred. So they get to the event horizon. Uh, and I believe they pull up to the like, the main docking bay is, what, 13 Yes, thirteen. And I and I and I'm trying to think of his name now, and I'm, I want to say Doctor Grant and John. Weir. Which any of Doctor Weir. It's Doctor Weir. He's like that's the main docking bay. Yeah, like why would you make thirteen the main fucking docking bay? Wouldn't docking bay one be the main docking bay? And why would you put it in the middle of the airspace? Yeah. Like just. Wouldn't you have connected to like the bigger part of the ship? Yeah, one would think. You'd want to put it, like, you'd want to make it so it's airtight so that if you have a situation, yep. I'm saying in a foreboding tone, um, that you don't uh, catastrophically impact, ooh, the rest of the crew. Like that? The ship, yeah. So you don't catastrophically bitch slap the microphone. <laughs> I was gesturing in a feeling sort of way. If you had seen those gestures, folks. Oh, they were, they were intense. Intense gesturing. So they send um, a handful of people on board. I believe Fisher is one of them. Uh, Justin, a.k.a. Baby Bear, is another one. And then the third one, is it? Miller goes Mama Bear and Baby Bear. Yes. Oh, okay. And then uh, Weir wants to go. Peter's. Oh, Peter's, yes. Peter's uh, is Mama Bear. Mama yeah. Bear, yes. Uh, Weir wants to go, and Fisher's like, no, you fucking wait here. And then, like, him and Stark are on, like, the radio, like, so they're able to kind of walk them through shit and whatever, wherever they are. Uh, but he wants to go. He's like, no, I wait, you know, and he's like, I have to make sure that this is safe before your ass can come on board. And this yeah. is another one of those moments where you're really sold on the fact that his wife yes. might be on this yes. ship. He's like, I want to, you're thinking he wants to find her. Dead or alive, he wants to find her. Yeah, that's definitely the impression I got. So this really sold it for me. And I wonder if that's on purpose. Possibly. Even, even with the foreshadowing, but... And possibly a little bit. Maybe to keep you wondering a little bit, like, why he wants on it so much. Yes. Like, you obviously know it has something to do with his wife. So, but. like any good Dungeons and Dragons game, what do they do when they first, when they get on the ship? They split the fucking party. You go here. You go here. I'll go here. That always works out. Always. Well, Not is. in the favor of the players, though. 
Well, then, of course, there's this foreboding hallway between the two main parts of the ship that it's like, oh, yeah, if something happens, then we can detonate this and split the ship, like, so that we can preserve, you know, different spots of the ship or whatnot. It's No, it's if something happens, they can, like, blow it up and get on the front of the ship, which acts as its own little spacecraft and get the fuck out of there. Yes. If need be. Yeah. And yeah. that's where the bridge is, the crew quarters, yes. their living spaces, the uh, medical bay, mm-hmm. etc. The other end of the corridor is, of course, the gravity drive. And that's pretty much all that's there. Yeah, Yeah. it's on its own section. So, splitting the party. um, So, Justin goes to basically where the gravity drive is. Yeah, he goes to the core itself. this is the part that always stuck with me as a kid. Like, so, this is the part that always terrified me. You see this fucking horror tube headed towards the gravity drive. And it reminds me of those tunnels that you walk through haunted houses where you're walking on a slanted tunnel thing and you have something spinning around you. Only this time it's a fucking meat grinder, basically. Yeah, it's literally fucking just covered in spikes and shit. Uh, Yeah, and I don't know why that always stuck with me as being fucking terrifying. And that always scared me in haunted houses, too. I always hated those things. I always thought they were fun. I like haunted houses. I just, I usually force my husband Ray in front so that if something is going to eat us, that he takes the brunt of the damage. Little fun fact about haunted houses, though. When the, when the workers who are dressed up see that going on, the brunt of the damage comes from behind. Yep. The person who they can physically see is the most frightened holding on to the person in front shirt and kind of pushing them ahead oh they come after your i try not to make it obvious i I try like oh what's in here and then ray's like let's just get this over with and then he'll walk in front and i'm like ha 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 (laughs) they come after you yep so he goes into the 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 meat grinder tunnel and into the core peters ends up going to like the main captain's quarters i thought she went to medical I mean, they all they all kind of walk through medical, and and Miller's like, "This is a tomb." Like, okay, guy, you haven't seen a single body, and you're already calling it. But pretty much. Uh, but then he did see a, a fucking the, the glove floating around. Yeah, he, that I thought was a fucking like just a severed hand. It was just a glove, and it bitch slapped him in the face, and he freaked out. Now they did find some missing footage. It, like it might have been part of a preview or something where they were still working on the CGI, and it didn't quite work out. But in when they first enter the ship, there's a, a cut scene where Miller is like just looking at all this space junk, and he picks something out of the uh, out of the float, and it's a tooth. A tooth, yep. yes, yeah. With some gum attached. But in this kind of, it's a little bit kitschier, a little bit you know more slapstick, where it's an empty glove, and he's like, um, and and I think that was one of those moments where they were like definitely tone that shit down. And meanwhile, Peters is in the main part of the ship and ends up, so you see this ominous lightning behind her and everything, and even up in the windows, you see all this bloody crap everywhere in the windows, like tissue and blood But she didn't see it. She didn't see it. The only thing she saw was the corpsicle. And I love that they refer to it as a corpsicle in the movie, too. But yeah, this frozen dead body floating through the air that you find out is basically the captain. Disappointing they never tell you a flavor, though. Leprosy? <laughs> Dang. I mean, not not a favorite flavor. I was hoping maybe, like, Neapolitan or sure, something Sure, like sure. Like, uh, <laughs> cherry. <laughs> Strawberry. Well, you don't like ice cream. I guess a popsicle I is different. 
But yeah, this dead body has like lacerations all over it, and you can tell some shit went down. Now, this is absolutely the body that I think Dr. Weir saw in his dream floating about. Allegedly. Allegedly. I still think that dream at the beginning was Dr. Weir himself screaming. I mean, I guess it could have been because it was a dream and not actually on the ship. Because the only body you see floating like that initially is this corpsicle, Mm -hmm. presumably the captain. So, Justin's at the gravity core, uh, kind of the heart of the ship. And you basically see all these, like, lights start coming on and, you know, the, the core is starting to basically turn on and it opens up for Justin. Spinning in a very creepy kind of way. Puzzle box way, Puzzle maybe? box kind of way. And so it opens up and it is like a liquid mirror. And, I mean, you're not, like, reflective fully, but, like, it has, like, reflective qualities, but you can't see, like... And then, like any like anybody would do... Let's touch it. Let's poke it. I mean, 100% that's what I would do. Like, oh, I fucking yes. wouldn't. What? Why would you? Because it's amazing. Remember, what it, uh, we were at the beach, and I'm like, what is this floating thing? Let me pick it up. Yeah, what a terrible idea. It was. It was a... Wasn't it? The, it was a... Uh, something penis or something? Oh, gosh, no. No, uh, what was it? <laughs> oh, it was a, a tunicate or something. It was a stinging something, and Ray's yeah. like, mm, that would really hurt. Yep. And I was like, mm. yep. But that, but that, that, see, that's the difference, though. I, I'm like, yeah, don't fucking do that. And Anne's like, let's do that. Let's, let's pick <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's the difference. Yeah. This is why in a sci-fi horror movie, I have a higher chance of survival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we're and we're talking like hypothetically, if we had ended up in say cabin in the woods and we'd gone in the basement, would you have been like, I'm gonna touch all this stuff? I feel like you would have. No, I wouldn't have gone to the cabin in the woods. Oh, I don't man. like camping. I would have gone there. I would have touched everything. I'd be super dead. I also would still be on Earth in this case because I wouldn't be going up in the space. But no, cabin in the woods, enough fuck that shit. Did you see the group in cabin in the woods while I went camping? I wouldn't be friends with any of those fuckers except for the stoner. I mean, one of them knew Latin, to prove your point. I would be friends with the stoner <laughs> kid, and that's it. And I really feel like they were trying to go for, like, a Scooby-Doo gang right there. Uh-huh. It kind of was. But, I mean, it was supposed to be technically the stereotypical group of, you know, the whore, the athlete, the smart kid, the the virgin, the and the, the goofball or the stoner. So. Which... Zoinks. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, like, that's an entire group of people that wanted to poke stuff except for one guy. Yep. And... I mean, really the same with this group. There was, like, one guy, uh, Smith, who was like, I'm not about that ship. And everybody else is like, yeah, let's let's poke about it. Well, Cooper really didn't give two fucks about the ship either. If you really think about it, like... No. Cooper really did not care. Well, no, he was busy fixing the ship outside, yeah. too. So, you know, he but didn't have as much that opportunity. that didn't pertain until roughly right about now. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, so then, like, as this thing is activating... It just, like, lets off this just electrical field blast. Well, it pulls him in first. Yes. So it pulls him in first. And then, yeah, then... In goes Justin. Out goes electrical blast. And just, like, destroys a chunk of the Lewis and Clark. Yeah, and the hull is breached. And uh, so then Cooper actually goes to basically save Justin, you know, via, like, rope system, I guess? Something uh, like that, yeah. Like yeah. a tether, like, you know, if you were spelunking or uh, doing some deep-sea yeah, diving. He used his bat grapple and he went in there and right. got him, yeah. Pulls him out. He's, like, in shock. 
And basically, they have to board the Event Horizon for safety because breached hull in the Lewis and Clark. Uh, so they turn on the gravity, and I love this scene uh, because you get the cool scene where they, they have to turn on the gravity then because they boarded the Event Horizon. And then the corpsicle falls and shatters into a million bajillion pieces. They so. really wouldn't have had to turn on the gravity. Not technically, no. That was probably a waste. I don't know. Yeah. Like, did it waste power? I, I don't know. Like, I love... I love the shockwave that comes when he kind of goes into the gravity drive mm -hmm. or whatever's there. It's like awareness flooding the ship, like something's waking up. Um, and, and I mean, that's... Literally what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I like the representation of it like that. Then you find out basically the ship is going to be running out of oxygen, that the uh, carbon scrubbers are not working. Uh, and they are on borrowed time, basically. So they need to fix their ship. They have 20 hours. Mm -hmm. And so then they're talking about what happened. Cooper says what he saw with Justin. And Weir's like, yeah, that's not possible. That would mean the portal was open, but it couldn't be. He was super snotty about it. Like, I'm He's a, a scientist. Hoity toity scientist. Yeah, mm. and he, Cooper kept going and Fisher kind of like told him to shut up. But then at the same time telling Weir like... If my crewmate, uh, if my crew member says he saw something, then he saw something. Like, one hundred percent backs his crew. I love that yes. because yes. you and I have both have been in jobs yeah. that <laughs> yeah. our manager is like, mm, "No, the customer's right," and we're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "The fuck they are." Have you dealt with snotty Karen over there? No, you have not. But let's give her something for free anyway. That's literally what happens. Yeah, I think. I really like the captain backing up his crew member throughout the movie. Like, he is 100% yes. behind them. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so they talk about the the core a little bit more. And you find out that this thing's basically a fucking black hole. So, uh, Justin went through this gateway basically to wherever. Uh, you find out, obviously, later where that was. Not somewhere good. Um, and I, I like Stark at this point is like, uh, yeah, that seems like a good idea. How? <laughs> like basically one of the most unstable things in the universe. And you decided, mm, let's put this at the heart of the ship. But like, I don't know. Again, Star Trek, Star Wars, like, you know, singularities are also kind of black holes, also wormholes. Yes. Like that's how, how you travel great distances. And that's, so. that, I mean, that's what Weir was trying to do. Right. Is he was trying, allegedly, he was trying to, and like he explains, you know, when they're on the ship going there, and he folds that poster in half, he puts a hole in the bottom and the, the top of the poster, and then he folds it in half. He goes, this is really how the core works, is you go in at one point and you come out the other point simultaneously. There's no you know, time spent or anything like that. It's, you hear it there instantly. And Smith is like, no, not my nudie magazine poster. Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh, Vanessa. And basically Weir's like, no, fuck you, don't care. But that's, this whole explanation of it is, that's how it works. Uh, but obviously we find out that it didn't really work like that. It took seven years to work like that. Well, they were maybe they went there and they were having such a good time. It does sound like a fun party dimension. Right. For someone. Like a kick-ass fucking fucking rave just Gosh, it was a a rave. Uh, well, I mean at the end of the party no one was left to pick up the mess, so it just made its way back. 
And how do we know that no one was left to pick up the mess? Because of this, it, literally, they find this video footage uh, in the like the the crew's quarters. The final log. I mean, it, it, it really, it's, it's, and it's literally about, it's like the missing crew. That's all the members of the crew having this really jolly, good, fun, naked sex party uh, <laughs> until you realize that they are screaming and literally killing each other. I mean, the screaming sort of made me wonder about the fun that they were having. Like, I scream on a, on a roller coaster in good fun. That's a good time. But if they weren't saying the safe word then technically the screaming didn't mean to stop. What was the safe word? It's always pineapple. Oh. Yeah. Cacao. So Cacao. They, no, pineapple. If they <laughs> didn't say pineapple, that's why they continued to do it. And unfortunately, they didn't until they died. I mean, that's a mistake right there. You got to pick a better safe word at that point. No, because you would only say pineapple in that instance if you want some, some, someone to stop. You wouldn't say pineapple in that instance for any other reason. Man, I could really go for some pineapple. That's a, that, you don't know. You don't want pineapple at that time. So therefore, pineapple is always the acceptable safe word. Lesson for everyone out there. I, I think there are better words. Pineapple. But like, they don't know this yet either. Like, I they they found this video. Like, um, what was it? What's her name? Miller? No. Stark. Peters. 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 There we go. Their names are so memorable. Uh, no, Peters. Uh, Just like the movie. Oh. <laughs> it sticks with you. But there's some really cool... I'm, you know, I, I've been pooping on this movie, but there are some really cool parts. Um, no, I think, uh, like, she gets it, and it's on this really great... What did you say? Like a CD... <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it's a fucking CD-ROM. It's twenty. It's so twenty forty, and it's still on a fucking compact disc. And it got eaten by the console. Yes. <laughs> like you think about it, so you know, yeah, this is made in ninety seven. I get it, but you think about it, even Star Trek, like they come up with like fake technology, like oh, we have this special communicator device, or we have this special thing. Like, they couldn't have thought of anything better than a goddamn CD. Like, nope, this is the best we're going to get technologically. They, they, they could have literally used any piece of anything and be like, this is the fucking, the, the black box. This yeah. is what it is. They could have used, but like, a... They, they go for a fucking CD, like... Yeah, like, literally just picked anything. Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've used crystal cubes in the Star Trek. Like, it's... The world is your oyster. You could have um, Superman used crystals, just little uh, in the what the cave of solitude. The again, I this the is the fortress. Fortress. Whatever. Fortress. Is yeah. it fortress. Fortress of solitude. No, fair. I said hall. So we're all fired. Yeah. People are hating us. It's okay. Right I'm now. not. I am not. I am not a huge DC fan. So no, I will but give like, that to myself. We're, we're just we, like there's so many better things they could have chosen and have been chosen in previous movies. And they're like, yeah, they went with a fucking CD. CD. I feel like that's because they're like we spent most of our budget on the stupid rotating space station. Uh, CD. Here you go. <laughs> he like went and pulled it out of his car, and he's like, "Here, does just anyone use this. have a CD? Just use this." <laughs> We don't even need the whole fucking CD. It just needs to be a little bit of it. Just a chunk. Yep. So they pull that out, and they, they spend a little bit of the the movie trying to figure out what uh, what's on there. Meanwhile, you know, you've got uh, Cooper out on the, the hull trying to fix junk. Everybody starts having visions and basically hallucinating certain things. And you kind of see that, like, everybody is experiencing their fears. 
So you see that like Peter sees her son with all these wounds on his leg in the med bay. And you know that like for her, her son's in a wheelchair and that's like a point of basically contention fear for her. Uh, you see basically uh, Miller uh, sees a man on fire and you find out later that that is a big thing for him. Um, he confides with DJ that basically he had had to leave a man behind before because of this fire outbreak on a ship. And that was something that he, he promised to never leave another man behind. So that was really big for him. But yeah, and then Weir sees his wife in the duct. Uh, so he's kind of climbing through the ducts and everything, sees his wife again. Everybody's having visions. Everybody's freaking the fuck out. Um, and, like, if you did a little reading online, you'd know DJ had a childhood trauma where he had to have the surgery, maybe open heart, maybe you know, a thoracic surgery of some variety. So his fear is being uh, operated on while he's awake or being dissected alive. You don't really find out about Cooper's. His was something about losing someone he cares about, which is his whole crew. They're like his family. A friend, yeah. yeah. Stark is really the one you don't really hear anything about. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I think Smith, wasn't Smith the ship? Like, his his baby was the ship, so like... Yeah, something happening to his ship. And, yeah. And certainly that came true for him as well. Unfortunately. But yeah, anytime anyone kind of walks away from the group or is by themselves for a minute or pauses in the midst of doing something, something happens. So like Peters is in uh, the medical bay kind of babysitting Justin or Baby Bear um, as he's just kind of comatose uh, and, and she sees her son on the table. Now in the original cut, I guess uh, her son's wounds had maggots crawling over them and that was one of the first things to get, mm. get the axe. Maggots are too much. So they basically kind of, you know, start asking where the hell has this ship been in the last seven years? And I know that that Stark kind of makes a recommendation to Miller that Miller doesn't quite like. Stark's theory is that there's a, a life force on the ship. And, you know, I think that's borne out by several things we've seen in the movie so far that shockwave that kind of went through the ship kind of waking up um the ship knowing or or seeming to know things about these characters that they haven't shared with anyone else out loud kind of getting into their heads so you know Stark's theory is that there's this life force on board um, that it brought something back with it when it came back mm -hmm. um from wherever it was they were trying to reach Proxima Centauri but you know who knows if they made it there, if that's where they picked up this life force, or if it's just, you know, they didn't really ever come out the other side of the, the singularity. They were just kind of in that limbo. Well, where did where did they enter? Like, where were they in space when Event Horizon entered? Oh, they were out by, they were out by Neptune. Neptune. So they, they entered in at Neptune, and then they came back out again at Neptune. Yeah, correct. Okay, so they didn't, it didn't do what it was supposed to do then because it was supposed to enter at neptune and then take them out there take them out even further allegedly. allegedly but like again it was it had to do with the folding so maybe they did and then they just spent longer in the singularity than they should have existing in multiple planes uh, okay and time was 
altered, so it might have been seven years to everybody else, but... Or it could have been, like, they're thinking it could have been, like, it entered there and then made it out to Proxima Centauri and was there for seven years, and then seven years later came back out of Neptune. Right, we we don't Mm. know. I mean, there's seven years lost. Now, whether they were kind of in limbo during that time period or they were there for that long, and it just, the instantaneous comeback when the ship decided it was time to go back, it's not really covered. Yeah. So DJ realizes he made a mistake with the translation and basically realizes, so instead of save me or liberate me. Yeah, he thought it just said that. There was like more in there that he, it took time for him to catch. And then it was liberate Tutame ex inferis, which was save yourself from hell. And then at this point, I'd have been like, Let's get that fucking shit fixed and let's go now. Like, Well, between that and then they finally debug the video and see the video footage. And, you know, the captain's like pulling his eyeballs out and putting them out uh, Pan's Labyrinth style. Like, mm-hmm. here, look. And Appetizers. You, you see somebody like getting a, a fist shoved down their throat and, you know. Pulling out can- their intestines. Cannibalism. You see all kinds of shit happening in this video. And in the uncut version that we'll never get to see, there was this, this was one of the things where they had a lot more going on. There was like a woman like. Pegging. Like, well, yeah, some of, there's a woman pegging a dude. There was a woman, like, drilling screws into her fucking teeth. There was so much more shit going on, and that was stuff that Paramount's like, oh, God, no, get it. you gotta cut that. Well, they, they didn't even know that this scene was coming. Like, Anderson mentioned it, but, like, they had other people filming mm-hmm. this part of it. They Because, you know, of timing, of uh, scheduling... Um, they didn't just get actors, they got some actors from the adult film industry to yep. kind of fill in and do these scenes. So uh, Paramount was not aware of the content of these scenes until they watched it in the screening. They're like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, so at this point, basically, um, yeah, Miller's like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, and he's like, and then we're going to blow this fucker up. We're going to vaporize this ship. Uh, Weir's basically saying, we can't leave. She won't let you. Uh, and basically saying, I am home. And this is where he starts getting real creepy. And then, at, if, if you haven't realized it yet, at this point you realize that Weir gives no fucks about his wife. Mm. That is not the reason he came here. He came here for the ship. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think, honestly, um, we didn't mention Justin trying to go out the airlock Oh, maybe not. So Justin okay. tries to go out the airlock. Just, oh, I Spoiler that. alert. Justin, Justin, they, they lose him. He's in the, the sick bay with Mil, uh, with Peters, and um, he ends up out in the airlock, and they see him, and they're trying to talk him down. They're trying to talk him inside, and he seems just dazed. Yeah, he um, seems possessed. He seems possessed. and uh, he's, he's talking about the dark inside me. And you have um, Smith, Cooper, and Fisher who are all working on the ship. And at this point, they have informed those three that Justin's in the airlock. And so, like, Fisher is like... And he's engaged the over... Yes, and and he is, like, flying back over to the station to try to meet him at this airlock in attempts to save him. And then he's engaged. He engages it, but instead of hitting the inner door, he hits the outer door, and now there's no stopping it. There's no going back. And as soon as he hits it, though, he like comes back into clarity, 
And he looks back in. He's like, open the door. Let me in. Yeah. Open the door. And then he starts screaming for Peters. And he, well, not screaming, but he's like, you know, mama bear. He's like, let me in. And there's nothing they can do. No, it's heartbreaking. And Stark is trying to override it. And nothing is working. And then Fisher is on the intercom kind of like instructing him what to do. Like, roll, roll into the fetal position. Let out all the air from your lungs. And as, as he says that, like, the door opens and you just see all this blood just come out from, like, his eyes. And he starts floating out in the space. And right when he starts to do that... Fisher like grabs him and dives and, and comes back Fisher, in with mean, him. You mean Miller? <laughs> no, Fisher. He's the one that pulls it. Go- it's Miller. Is his Miller name. is his name? But you're thinking of Fishburn. Fish. Oh, son of a bitch! Yeah, that's yes. what, yeah. Well, Lawrence I Fishburn. yeah. Yep, I said that's what I said. Was uh was <laughs> I said Miller? Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. No, these names are horrible in this movie. No, I'm terrible with names. Like they're no, just I so will... generic, and they're like they refer to each other with so many names. It's I think really difficult to keep track of them. Well, I also name. refer to them as other names too. So that... I think I was mixing Miller and Fishburn, and yeah. yeah. So anyway, so Miller Fishburn. Um, so he like dives in and you know and saves him. But then this is the one part where I was like, wait a minute. It took forever for the door to open. And then instantaneous, the door closed, and then the inner door is open. And, like, they, you know, and so they were both in there, and they're safe, and... Like, I don't know. There was no, like, 30-second or so decompression between the door closing and the inner door. You know, like, there should have been something going on there. There should have been a cycling. But there wasn't, and so he, you know, they get him in, and uh, Justin's all fucked up. Uh, and their only choice is to kind of get him stable and stick him in a back to tank. And that's what they do. Well, that's yeah. that's how you take care of injured people. We've yep. seen that. Luke Skywalker was able to recover as a direct result of being stuck in a back to tank after yep. losing his hand. So that's... Back to tanks work. There you go. So, you know, we talked about that then. And, you know, poor... Poor Justin. He, you know, he even said, like, if you had seen the things I'd seen, you wouldn't talk me out of this. So we get an idea that Justin's seen some shit. I mean, don't go poking things in space. Yeah, he did go into, like, a different dimension's asshole, so. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, you know, we get back to then where we were. And, you know, the ship basically starts draining power. And you realize the ship's like, nope, fuck you, you're not leaving. Uh, the core kind of calls to Peters. They're trying to rush and, you know, make sure the ship is okay, that Lewis and Clark is okay. Um, they're trying to grab all the CO2, CO2 scrubbers that they can. Uh, uh, that's Smith and Peters trying to grab those, right? Yeah, Smith and yeah. Peters, yes. And the core basically kind of starts calling Peters with visions of her son. Who's walking around? Who's walking around? The kid's in a wheelchair in real life. And he is walking around on a fucking space station by Neptune. And she's like, that's my son. I'm going to get it. Let's follow him. Let me go get him. But, you know, that's the power of of love that she has for her kid, for... And That's it, the and, power of love. You know, the only person who's like, wait a minute, this isn't real, is Miller at any point. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like, yeah, I totally buy this. This is what's happening. Yeah, they're all into their visions, into the, what's going on. And I think for most of them, it's what, I mean, yes, they fear it, but like, 
for Weir, it was his wife. And so he mm-hmm. wanted to see her. And for Peters, it's her kid, and she wanted to see him. So I think there was a little bit of shift in the visions they were having, like, between the thing they feared the most and the thing they wanted the most. Yeah. And um, for Miller, it was just straight up something he didn't want to see. So Yeah, he, he I think he's already, at this point, he's seen it at least once and it was the guy on fire yeah Mm -hmm. um so she goes chasing after her son because her son is totally there um and he goes up up like a ladder and onto another and then onto like another floor and she goes chasing after him down a tunnel and you see this catwalk out over like the core room and that's where she goes chasing him only in reality there's no catwalk the catwalk was a gun and she fucking falls and, and breaks everything. She's yeah. She's she's fucking dead. And then at this point, we see Weir's vision, and this is where he basically sees Claire, uh, his wife, and basically re-sees her kill herself. So, like at this point, he is he's really fishy. He's like running back to the gravity well. He's like, I am home. So he already had that moment with Captain Miller in the big hallway. Yes. Well, um, and then he sees Peters and like, oh, Peters, like sad. Sad and, about and it. So he's not completely gone. owned yet. Yeah. But then sees this vision of his wife and relives her kill herself. And you realize that, you know, that was never what this was about anyway. It was never something that she was on the ship, anything like that. She killed herself because he was spent so much time working on the ship. He was never around. He and, says, I'm so sorry. I wasn't there. Yeah. And, you know, he's so alone. And then she says, you'll never be alone again. I have such wonderful things to show you. And then he gouges out his own eyes. Because <laughs> you don't need those. Where we're going, we don't need eyes. He does say that. Actual is... line in the movie. So Later. <laughs> so he, yeah, so he gouges out his fucking eyeballs. And then we jump back to the Lewis and Clark, where Smith has kind of like brought the the CO2 scrubbers back in and he looks back down and you see Weir leaving the ship yeah. and he's, and he's calling it. He's like, Weir, Weir. And he keeps, and the dude, nothing. And that's when, then he gets back on board of event horizon. And then at this point, Miller notices that one of the, bombs is missing it's like smith get out of there yeah he's yeah he's screaming for smith to get out of there and instead smith is like i gotta find this bomb this is my ship yes i literally just fixed this bitch i do not want it blown up so he sees blood on it like on his like locker area and so he like wipes it away and it's like six seconds to go there's the bomb in his locker and And he's like oh fuck the look on his face like and you know I mean, this is really vindictive because, you know, this is crazy, possessed Weir, yeah. but Weir never got along with Smith. Like, mm-hmm. he destroyed his Vanessa poster. He was just a jerk the whole time. Um, they even got into it a little earlier, and Smith was screaming at him. So, you know, this is just a vindictive act here. Um, not just for the whole crew, but Smith in particular. Yeah. And so the ship, it, Lewis and Clark, explodes. Uh, Smith is gone. And Cooper, was, Cooper out. was outside, and he goes off flying into space on a piece of the Lewis and Clark. Um, but we then we see him, as he's, like, flying away, 
he's able to i want to say like he like uses his like oxygen oxygen tank almost as like a thruster yeah. and gets back yeah, he purges to, his air valve yes, and, and gets back to the event horizon with that so, um at this point we think he's dead but yeah and and so skipper uh or miller uh he ends up calling dj and saying hey listen weir is off the rails watch out you gotta you know be worried from him and she's like, i got this man yeah. and he grabs a fucking scalpel or a, no it was a, no oh, wasn't an hacksaw it like was a, a bone, bone saw, saw. <laughs> <laughs> because when there's a crazy ass doctor you gotta be like bone saw is ready <laughs> And he, you know, like Weir he has thinks like, he's ready to go. Yes. Weir apparently has superhuman strength now and fucking knocks him across the room. Like he's just right behind him. Yeah. So he never stood a chance. Um, so he's got super strength and he also has super speed because this Miller's like, oh, and, and then DJ screams because Weir is just behind him yes. and Miller's like, I'm on my way. So like in the two or three minutes that would have taken him from getting from one end of the corridor, wherever he it was It was doing. literally like, oh, like still like he was at like the ass end of the corridor. So near where he got on from Lucy right. Clark to where Weir and DJ are in that amount of time. Fucking DJ was filleted. Mm-hmm. filleted and strung up yes yeah. like it reminded me a little bit of the bloody angel from um you mean the Mid- bloody, bloody eagle blood eagle thank you whatever from midsummer, midsummer yes. yes yeah where he the flappy lungs the flappy lungs like <laughs> he didn't have flappy lungs he had instead been invis- eviscerated but it was that same like yeah his sprawling... his skin was like stretched out to the sides. Yeah. yeah. I, feel, I mean, I feel like that's an image from a lot of movies. Oh, for sure. Horror movies. But, like, yeah. I, evisceration is something I think everyone fears to some Meh. degree. No one's like, man, I hope that happens. I don't think anybody hopes for it, but, I mean. Not something I have quite thought of. Like, oh, my God, I I don't want that to happen. I don't I don't ever want to. Like, not something I really think about, though. Oh, you know what? Um, they also do it in Silence of the Lambs with the this is uh, true. with the one police officer yes. inside the cage. Like, so it's like it's just like a horror movie cliche at this point. Yeah, okay. to a certain degree. I so mean, he, it, it's it's effective though. Yeah. So he um, he knows that there's shit going on. Miller does, and he grabs one of like the fucking railway rifles. It's like a harpoon gun. It's not a harpoon gun. But it's, it's like, like a... giant like giant spikes that were used to seal the ship. They're yeah. they're meant for repairs. Yes. But that's all they have. They are a search and rescue, so that's all they have. So we're gonna call it in, in the Fallout universe as they use it, we're gonna call it the railway rifle. And minus the you know the the train horn every time you fire. So but that's what he grabs. That's all they have. So the, he grabs that and he goes off to where DJ is and he sees DJ, nice fillet, and he gets over there. And Stark is, Stark is yeah. on the ground. Yes, unconscious. And, and so he goes. He sets the gun down to check on her. And in the thirty seconds, forty-five seconds, he checks on her. If that the gun's gone. I mean, that is a long time to leave your gun unattended. Yeah, why would you do that when you know we're just did this to DJ? Right, like you saw the the results. Yeah. Of being underprepared. Yep. And you're like, oh, let me set this down. Like, so his fuck up, uh, but it's gone. So he is able to, he, he, him and Stark stand up 
Weir's in the captain's Weir's chair. Weir's in the captain's chair. It is very, like, James Bond villain spin type thing. And at this, so now he is, like, all slice and dice looking like pinhead minus the nails. Well, and this is where Miller's like, well, Jesus, what the fuck happened to your eye? Like, where we're yeah, going, we Yeah, oh my eyes. God, what happened to your eyes? Where we're going... We don't. We won't need eyes. And he says to see. But I just think it's funny because another Back to the Future thing. Like, where are we going? We won't need eyes. Every, I mean, every '80s kid heard, "We don't need." Hundred percent. Yes. So yeah. So at this point, you know, his eyes are missing. He's all just slashed up and down across every direction. A hundred percent gone. Going to a dimension of pure chaos, pure evil. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, it's a missed opportunity for. An it evil really laugh. Is. It yeah. really is. I mean, if you're if you're gonna monologue as a villain, you'd need that. Uh, so he's getting ready to kill both of them. He activates the drive first yes. to go back to hell, and then at this point, Cooper. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cooper. Cooper, yeah, Cooper yeah. hits the side of the window, and we were just like, "Fuck!" and shoots at the window, even though he just said. He didn't need eyes to see to shoot him and wouldn't and he blow wasn't out the gonna hall. Miss yeah, and... I'm not gonna miss. And... But like, this is a space movie, and 100, if you're firing a thing in space, it's gonna penetrate the hull. Yep. And I, I don't understand. <laughs> and didn't just hit the hull. Hit the fucking window. Hit the yeah. window. And this window just explodes, and then vacuum time. It's vacuum time. Like they've obviously and never. Cooper watched. like is able to get away from the window. Well, he gets away from the, the window, but, like, I don't know. I, I just want to dwell on this hole for a minute. Okay. The vacuum? The vacuum. Okay. Like, so many depressurization instances in horror movies, like Alien, mm-hmm. what, Resurrection is what we decided on? Yes. Yes. Where they, you know, they... It sucked out the window. Sucked out the window. They just used it in Star Trek, uh, the the newer one. Um sucked the guy out the whole like it's just there's only a couple ways to die in space and obviously that's one of them yeah austin powers the spy who shagged me mini me's in austin's suit and he, he sits on like the toilet and oh yeah vacuums his ass out in the space that's a problem yeah <laughs> same deal but uh, yeah it's, same exact yeah. same thing yep 100 space vacuums space vacuums they'll oh. get you every time but eventually like Weir flies out the hole too, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're safe." Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and a cool moment for Miller. He's able to save Stark from flying out this hole in space, so he doesn't let the door close, and he pulls her through just in the nick of time. So he's feeling pretty good about himself. Like he didn't let the same thing happen to his fiery comrade uh, that did. I don't remember the soldier's name. Yeah, I don't know if they But it's the soldier it. the soldier who who died and the because one, it was like liquid fire and there was no saving him. The one that was on fire. Yeah, yeah that one. Cork. So, so he but he so he's able to save Stark. Yay, and then the door closes. And I think at this point, uh they hear someone knocking on the hole. There's and, an airlock. Yeah, the airlock is cycling. They're like, Oh shit. no. Yeah, they're thinking, Oh fuck, we made it and it's Cooper. Oh my gosh, Cooper! So, like, you have a little up and down here. Cooper, hooray! And then they're gonna blow up the gravity driver. We're gonna separate them. We're gonna go home. And everyone's like, yeah, what a great plan. Yes. And so, 
uh, Cooper and Stark head up towards like the main area and Miller's like, Hey, I'm the captain. I'm going to go set and arm all these bombs throughout this whole corridor. And we're going to get the fuck out of here. And so he goes off to do that and he starts arming them. And then we get another fucking vision up in the main area with Stark and Cooper very Shining-esque. Very Shining-esque. All the back-to-tanks start filling up with blood, and then the main one in the middle, the big one, just, like, explodes, and all this blood starts flowing towards her, and it knocks her down the ladder, and she lands by Cooper. 100% from The Shining right there. Oh, yeah. For sure. And then Miller has his own vision of his fiery buddy McCork, or Cork. I don't know what I wrote down. Fiery buddy. Fiery buddy. Buddy on fire. There you go. And so he is pursued from the corridor where he's setting these bombs to the worst place possible. The core. The gravity drive. So he's, you know, and the time that's left, I think they have two or five minutes or something like that. It's a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And as we know, it takes you a certain amount of time from get that end of the ship to the other end of the ship. So... I think at this point, Miller is kind of resigning himself to making his last stand there. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to die, but I'm going to save my, you know, the rest of my crew. I'm not going to let them go down as well. So, so he gets in there, and the gravity drive is on fire, and McCork is on fire, and everything's on fire. And he's like, my friend died. You're not him. And, and Weir's like, oh, it's me. You're right. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> fucker. JK, it's me. It's me, Dr. Grant. And the ship <laughs> saved me, so. Yeah, and so it, it's like the final I, battle. Final, type final fight, and he shows him scenes of hell, like different scenes. Grabs him by the head yeah. and is like, look at this. And oh. he sees like all of his crew members being tortured in this yes. hellscape. So he, and then, you know, Miller kind of has his realization, like, if I don't blow these fucking bombs up now again, kill me and, and we're, then my last two crew members are gone too. But the thing is... Or technically three, because Justin's still in the back of the Sure. Yes, yes. Sure. Uh, so, and then in classic movie fashion, uh, grabs a detonator and... Weir's like, no, and blows the bombs just in the nick of time. Yep. Yeah, and, and it, he saves his crew. He you did... see the the front ship like explode away. Does the the thing yeah. not activate still though? It no, still it act, does. It does, and because the 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 bombs were set on the the corridor, yes. so it separated the two ships, but it didn't it didn't blow up the gravity drive. So the mm-hmm. gravity drive was still in its countdown mm-hmm. mode. It was still going to do what it was going to do, it's which is to... <laughs> and yeah, so then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause then you see like the clouds open up on Neptune. Yes. And like, and it's the, actually the, 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 the portal opening. And the Co- portal opening. And then Cooper and Stark actually see that too from the window. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that makes whatever happens to Miller, because we don't know mm-hmm. whatever happens even more tragic because up to this point, uh, Weir has been showing him like hell is only a word. Reality is much, much worse. And he grabs him by the head and he's like, do you see? Kind of like Red Dragon style. And like <laughs> Miller is aware. He knows what's what's coming and he still does the only thing to save his yeah, crewmates. He, he, so yeah. I mean, I think that makes that moment even more poignant than... It makes him more of a hero, too. Yeah. He dies the true hero's death. Like, well, he... he knows that he's fucked. 
Yeah. Like, and not just, I'm about to die with this explosion. Like, I'm fucked and I'm going with Captain Cuckoo, Dr. Grant, into this other fucking place. But I'm going to make I'm... sure that my crew is safe. Yes. Because yeah. that was always his thing. He mm-hmm. never yeah. wanted to let another crew yeah. member go. And unfortunately, yeah. other crew members died, but he's like, hey, if I can save these last few, that's what I'm going to do. Yes. And so he did die the true hero's death. Well, if he's dead. If he's dead, but we'll never know. Well, unless they make part two. They won't. They um, won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then it's a, a bit later. 72 days later. Exactly. Um <laughs> And they're all in the Bacta tanks, and we see the this like rescue crew show up, and the first one they release is Stark. Well, they come in and all commenting like, "Oh, that guy looks really banged up." Yeah. How can you tell? He's in a tank. Yeah. I mean, well, I it was Justin. I mean, he was maybe. covered in cuts and everything. I mean, he was looking bad, yeah. but like. Yeah. And then, so I think she's the first one out then, and then like. She envisions the, the rescuer's hood coming up, and it's weird. And it's and it's and it's Doctor Weir, who's all cut up and everything again. His yes. final Doctor Weir form. So she's freaking out. And she's like, "Oh shit!" Then she's actually woken up, and like Cooper and the the EMTs are waking her up from that. Trying to calm her down. Yes, because and like, she sedate was sedate her, sedate yeah. her right now, which also made me think of Jurassic Park. Shoot her. Shoot her. Shoot her. It's, see? He's it coming back it, it to does, you. It does. It uh, does. And then, like, the EMT gets on board. Clip they all go on board. And, like, the doors close and the movie ends. Yeah. And so then you're left with one of two things, which is the whole thing of it. You're left with they all survived. Happy, happy ending time. Three of them survived. Justin goes through a lot of therapy. Um, or they're still... You know, fucked, and it still has it still has a hold of the sh- of that, that front part of the ship, of the ship. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the intention is that they are safe, though. Like actually, that yeah, and that is my thought process of it too. Like I honestly, I thought I'm like, okay, yes. My thought is like, okay, yes, they're safe. They have a lot of fucking trauma, and yeah, they're gonna be fucking scared for a while. So hence, yeah, she's having a nightmare. Um, so you know, waking up, she's freaking out about it. Um, but I do think it was just a nightmare in that situation. Yeah. But there are some who believe that, oh shit, yeah, they're probably still in Yeah, I think health. that the ship, I mean, this entity was on board the whole ship. It didn't just reconfine itself. Now I feel like the gravity drive was kind of the source of it, and so it was hanging out. So then it's either did the bombs and the explosion and the separation separate the ship being alive and then the front of it was then just a inanimate ship again whereas the rest of it got sucked into right. the devil's asshole or was it you know just inhabiting the whole ship mm-hmm. and i really feel like this is one of those situations like are hauntings real could a, a portion of whatever was aware and and possessing the ship still exist on that part and could it be damaging enough you know to ruin the chances of this whole new rescue operation like you know we see stark having this nightmare as soon as we fade out to funky shit by prodigy um <laughs> it is like cooper gonna go crazy is justin gonna drain out of his back to tank and start stabbing everybody like or is there just a whole brand new crew for the ship to have with all the emt people this is the new crew for the for the ship to go hey more people's 
So I guess that kind of leads it to the interpretation of every single one of the listeners. And so then you guys can comment uh, and let us know what you think, like your thoughts. Obviously, it's this is what makes these things fantastic is everybody has a different interpretation. So what do you think? Would you watch an extended cut if they're ever able to cobble together enough uh, material for it? Or if they ever decide, which they won't, but if they ever decide to do an Event Horizon Part 2 with the continuation of this, or the continuation maybe like, um, you know, the ass end of Event Horizon with the core comes back out again. You know, and that was kind of, I think, the point of leaving it open-ended like that. Um, in 2019, there was talk of doing a TV show. Mm. Um, on like Ooh. Amazon or Netflix or something like that. But would it would it have just been like starting over? Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. It didn't. It didn't Maybe happen. Tough. Come on, Amazon. That was alarming. That was a very <laughs> <laughs> making sure everyone's awake. Still. Right, but I mean, we're still waiting for shows that were already approved yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic, like um, Marvelous Miss Maisel and um, uh, The Hunters. Both great shows, but still just waiting for everything. Just waiting. Just going to continue waiting. So that being said, we hope you guys enjoyed our third episode of Dread and Drafts. I know I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Not just the drinking part. I love just being able to sit with you guys and just have a grand old time. And I love the fact that we have, you know, people listening. And, you know, hopefully they'll start commenting and getting into this and really starting to celebrate and have a good time like we are. I'm having a blast. Jen and I hope you guys are as well. It's all right. No, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I was I was actually listening to our second podcast, the one on American Psycho, yeah. out in the yard as I was doing yard work, and I was I was cracking up. Uh, yeah, I, I I I kept laughing as well. I listened to the whole thing. I just finished it today, and I was laughing so damn hard. Yeah, as I was editing it, I literally I just had to stifle the giggles because I was like, man, we're fucking funny. I mean, we are. We are. <laughs> No, it's just a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun. We hope you're having a lot of fun. What are we watching next time, John? Oh, next time, we are going to be watching Twilight Zone. The movie. Ooh. Oh, my God. So not just the show. It's the movie from 1983. So to end this episode, uh, to quote the Doom Captain's goodbye before it all went to shit on his hellbound ship, Ave Atqui Veli Hail... And farewell. Bye. Bye.